thinking sideways. I don't understand. Does not compute. You never know. What? Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Well, hi there, everybody, and thanks for joining us. This is Thinking Sideways once again, and I'm Steve, as always, joined by... Devin. And Joe. And yeah. as Joe likes to say, we have another hard-hitting mystery to solve. Absolutely. No, 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 no. The mystery isn't hard-hitting. Our, our attack on it, our episode is hard-hitting. Uh, is, well, I've never quite understood how you went about that. So. That whole hard-hitting thing? Yeah. yeah. It's, just, you, it's just a cliche. You like don't really want to like delve into the brain of Joe, do you? No, not really. Hell yeah. yeah. No, no. Well, let's, let's talk about today's mystery. Yeah, okay. okay. We'll take the hard-hitting part off of there. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about a place called Coral Castle which some people may have heard of. It's an awesome alliteration. Mm-hmm. What, what's that? The Coral Castle. The Coral Castle. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Even though it's actually made of, like, limestone. <laughs> you know. yeah. Shh, no yeah. spoilers. Okay, sorry. Uh, so, well, the thing about Coral Castle is we know who made it, and we know when it was made, but we don't quite know how it was made, uh, which is kind of where all of the questions come from. Mm. Uh, but we should probably start with who made it, because okay, we do yes. know that. This guy with an unpronounceable name. Uh, it's, <laughs> I Actually, I can pronounce it, because I can't? watched a video on YouTube. Oh. <laughs> His name is Edward Leedskallen. Skalman. Leedskallen, yeah. Yep, Leedskallen. Leedskallen. <laughs> Sounds like a pirate name. Yeah. Kind of, when you say it that way. Sorry. Uh, I'm just going to call him Ed or Edward from now on, because it's okay. much easier. Yep. Uh, Ed was born in 1887 Hey, in... 100 years before me. Yes. Uh, wow. In Latvia. Not Were you born in Latvia? Uh, you know, what, no. you know okay. what Latvia is? Not exactly. Uh, it's just one of the Baltic states. It's, mm-hmm. on, it's So it's really close to the Baltic anomaly. <gasps> Ooh. Uh, yeah, that's right. Oh, no. Edward, uh, Edward left his native country of Latvia. He had a pretty bad reason for leaving. He was engaged. And he was engaged to a girl who, according to the legends, they always say her name is Agnes Scuffs or Agnes Skvust. Yeah, Scuffs is, is, there's a lot of contention around that, right? Because it's not even a Latvian. It's not even a properly formatted Latvian word. Yeah, it's phonetically written is yeah. what I can, yeah. I, I gather from reading her actual name. That was my take mm-hmm. on it too, but you'll yeah. see that around the internet. You do. People saying... No, it's not even legit. Yeah. I think Scuffs is not. Or Scuffs is maybe better. But, uh, well, but, but then here's, here's the even better part about her name is, according to some of the research that I found, that's not her name. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Joe, you're going to have to help me with how to pronounce this. Is this Hermione Lewis? Lucis? Uh, do, do you know how to say that with the... the... No, I don't know what that little umlaut means in Latvian. It's not even an umlaut. It's a... It's a double dot. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But... Is it? It's the thing is. Let's call her Jane Doe. <laughs> Agnes. He was in, he was engaged to Agnes, regardless of how you say her name, and uh, he called her his sweet sixteen because she was sixteen, mm-hmm. and he was ten years older than her. Because mm. in that day and age, an older man always married the younger girl. Oh yeah. So just... he was twenty six. He was twenty six, mm-hmm. and he uh, reportedly what happened is the day before their wedding, she called it off. Mm-hmm. He was heartbroken and he left. 
Mm. And he moved to the continental United States. So he worked, uh, I've seen record that he worked in Canada and that he worked in Texas and a couple of different places. Yeah. I think Doing he, manual labor. Yeah. He, he, was, he was actually a logger in Canada. Mm hmm. Which uh, may explain how he got some expertise in moving heavy objects. Yeah, he was yeah. he was a, a, a did a lot of stuff. Yeah, back in those days, there was still a lot of old growth around. So mm-hmm. those trees were that was big, before we logged the lot. hell out of it. That all. was before we logged it all up. <laughs> that know. was actually exactly when we were logging it all out. Yeah, yes. yeah pretty much. Well, she called the the wedding off. It was 1913, and he moved to the U.S. And was working for about six years until 1919 when he got a little bit of tur- tuberculosis. Mm. Just a small case. Just a, a smidge yeah. of tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even a smidge is not such a good thing. No, no. it's not. And, you know, and, my grandfather got that. He, they were actually going to, um, they were going to quarantine him. They were going to like lock him up in a in a in a tuberculosis hospital. Mm-hmm. So he lived in Los Angeles at the time. He and my grandmother did. So basically. Uh, they bought a, a small house out uh, east in the desert of Los Angeles in this little town called Hesperia, and they and he, he had to promise to just stay in the house and not go out. I remember and, you talking yeah, about that. Yeah, before, so yeah. He was, yeah, basically under self-house arrest, but he figured it was better than being stuck in an asylum. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> yeah. They still quarantine. Don't they still quarantine people with TB? Oh, yeah. TV? Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's very, yeah. it's, it it's easy to contract. Yeah, yeah very. Ed moved to Florida because the doctors told him that the the weather there would be better for his condition. Oh, so short of, they didn't even threaten to quarantine him. They were just like, hey, move to this place. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Th- th- go to somewhere where we're yeah, not. Don't, don't talk to anybody and smoke a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. You know, that actually used to treat tuberculosis with, with yeah cigarettes. yeah that's yeah. we've talked about that one and the most the most the, the best the most favored one was the the cool refreshing taste of lucky strikes unfiltered yes. Oh, yeah. yeah yes yeah well ed says that he cured his tuberculosis through the aid of magnets mm-hmm. so he didn't evidently have that bad of a case of mm-hmm. tuberculosis but he did have it but this we're going to start hearing about magnets more and more as we we talk about him but he he said he cured himself using magnetism mm-hmm. which is well, hard I say, to believe i have to say if he really did that and he didn't share didn't share that technique with the rest of the world then it's rather selfish of him <laughs> you know i i feel like he tried to share it. That's I mean, true. as we scoff. go further, we'll yeah. learn more about him. Yeah. He tried to share some of his information and people were like, wow, you're he, a crazy person. Yeah, I know. He did, he did, was, he did author some pamphlets and, and yeah. he did. things. Yeah, he did. Well, when, when Edward got to Florida, he bought a piece of property in Florida City, which is on very, very southern tip of Florida. It's really far south. It's like 30 miles south of Miami. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Miami's pretty dang south it is really south i believe if if i remember right at the time that he bought it it was the southernmost city in the continental u.s that he moved Mm. to it was one of the last cities before you got to the keys yeah and i don't know if that's still the case but that was the case at the time that i read might still be yeah i don't know but he he went down there he bought a he bought a, a a piece of ground and then what he started to do was he started to build a monument to his ex fiance mm. as a way to impress her. 
according to what he says. As a way he, to convince her that he's a loon. Yeah. And, and is that he loved her still and that he was pining for her and look at all these things I've done for you. I, I wonder if he was busy constructing a castle back in Latvia and she just sort of took a look at that and said, you know what? I think I'm breaking it off. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was yeah. the reason. Yeah. yeah. It, it might be. But the thing is, she, she never saw, as we're, as we're going to talk about, he worked on this for 30 years and she never came and saw what he built in her honor. Of course she didn't. Would friggin', you? Friggin no. Jane Doe, you know? I hate her. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what, uh, what, what Ed did is he began to build monolithic structures. He would carve out stones, these giant ton or multiple ton weight stones, and he would erect them on his property. Mm. Well, at one point, he decided that he didn't like Florida City and according to the legends, it's because they were planning a subdivision near him, and he was weirded out by having other people near him. So instead, he decided he moved to Homestead, Florida. Yeah, he which was is, a private guy. He's yeah. very private. Yeah. And Homestead's know. about 10 miles away. Mm-hmm. He bought a chunk of ground there, and over the course of three years, every huge piece of stone that he'd put in place, he moved to this new location. Which is a lot of work. Like yeah. nobody, nobody saw him working on his stuff. Nobody saw him loading the trailer because what he was doing was putting it onto a trailer and then having a friend haul it by tractor the ten miles down the road to his new place. Mm. Obviously, moving all that stuff, a lot of work. Did I mention his build at all? No, I haven't. Uh, Ed mm. was five foot tall. Yep. And weighed about a hundred pounds. Yeah. He was smaller than I am. He was smaller than you are. Yeah. He was an itty bitty guy, and he was building these giant stone structures and then at one point he moves them all to this new place and very fortunately for him he didn't like lose control of any of these monoliths and had them squash him no he never did get squashed that we know of Mm. no Uh, that's not how he died even no it's not how he died And he would have died if one of these things had fallen on him oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah he moved some big rocks he really did and and i think we we mentioned this just uh just briefly is that no one ever saw edward working on any of these monoliths well Mm -hmm. okay that's not according to legend no one saw him working on it he was he would work on things at night and according to the legends if someone was watching him even if he didn't see them he would just stop working until they left and then he would start working again which Mm. is part of the air of mystery about Mm. him Mm. how did he know how did he know uh well you know ed worked uh he owned his property and he worked on it and he worked on it until 1951. So like I said, it's about 30 years. He's been doing all this work and he's been erecting all of these monoliths and doing mm-hmm. all this carving. And by the way, conducting guided tours of the place for anybody that wanted to come by and ring the doorbell. For yeah. 10 cents. 10 that, cents. That was pretty awesome. By, and this guy would come down from his little tower. His little yeah, you ring the bell twice. Yeah, he had a, he had a residence in his castle tower. Mm-hmm. And, he yeah. built the castle tower for himself. Yeah, you'd pay him a dime and he'd come down and give you a tour. And <laughs> and he wrote, he, he didn't have a formal education, but he he believed that he had figured out a lot of science and he didn't believe that modern science was right about a lot of things, including mm. 
magnetism. He really f was believed he'd figured out electricity and magnetism. And he wrote all these pamphlets and handouts. And so he was selling those to people who would come and visit the site as well. Oh, you want a dime? Come on in. You want one of these? It's, I don't know, a penny or a nickel mm -hmm. or whatever he was charging for them. People would buy them. Yep. Mm -hmm. So he was making a decent living on it. Well, yeah. I would say he was making more than a decent He's, living. Yeah. He, he obviously did was not hurting for money. Yeah, he... good for him, too. He deserved to be rewarded for all that hard labor. Indeed. And yeah. he was a tough old bird. He was 64 when he died. Mm -hmm. uh, being a tough old guy, what did he do? He didn't feel good one day. He got up. He put a sign on the door that said, going to hospital. He walked to the bus stop. He got on the bus and he went to the doctor. In Miami. In Miami. Which 30 is, miles north. Which was like a three hour, two or three hour bus ride. Yeah. yeah several hours on a bus. Mm-hmm. We don't know when, but at some point, either before he left home or while he was on the bus or while he was at the hospital, he had a stroke. Yeah, I thought it was on the bus, but... Yeah, and I, again, I this I is one of those wrong. things, you, you can't... I, I, yeah. I keep seeing different places, and somehow during all of this, when he was sick, he got a kidney infection, mm -hmm. and the kidney infection is what killed him, but... Oh. According to accounts, some say three days. Some say it took up to 28 days for him to die. Hmm. But mm. tough old guy. Yeah, but didn't they have antibiotics back in those days? Uh, I, I don't know if they didn't diagnose it right or mm. what the deal was, but the, uh, it, that's what killed him was the infection of the kidney. Maybe it did irreversible damage before they caught it. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, again, one of those things, the records are not really easy to get to, so I don't know exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. But we've talked well, about Ed not important enough. anyway. He died. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So Ed died. Um, mm. uh, we should probably now talk about Coral Castle. Oh, okay. Yeah. The actual site. Yeah. You guys want to go there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we hop the time machine and we'll go back to you know nineteen forties, nineteen fifties, and check this place out. All right, the Wayback Machine. Can we... Yeah. Can we? Actually, let's go back a little further. Let's go back to, like, uh, right when he started it. No. You don't want to wait? You, you want to go back to, No, like, but I what? do want to... Can we stop for snacks? Uh, well, yeah, we can stop for snacks, but only if you promise not to drop any food this time. Yeah, I found a mummified French fry the other day that I know was from our trip to ancient England. You remember that? The, the, the two so, princes in the tower? <laughs> so you found a chip. Hey, who got the cheese? Oh, sorry. Why did we not build in windows in this thing? I need to crack one. Where's the oh, ventilator? Sorry. Oh. Okay, in? here we are. We're at uh, we're in Florida. Yay! At Coral Castle in the forties. Yay! Yeah. Now, okay. So first, you're gonna notice... black and white. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> first thing you look around. I mean, you're gonna see this place is not that big. Yeah. It's about uh, 200 yards by 200 yards. So it's wow. it's not a big estate or a big chunk of ground that we've that we're standing What's on. What's 200 yards compared to something? For me? About five six hundred feet. Yeah, 200 yards is twice the length of a football field. We know that doesn't work for it's her. It's actually oh, worked yeah. a little bit this time. Oh, does it? Okay. A little. Yeah. So, okay. But it's, it's not a big place, but yeah. you're going to see there's there's all these giant stones that are erected. Mm. I mean, we're seeing here that we've got... Uh, it, it's all limestone, by the way, oh. which is kind of crazy. Yeah. And what's, it's, it, what's it made of, the limestone? Well, it's, it's what they call oolite. Oh. I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, Oolite yeah. is like a creamy, buttery spread that you put on your rolls. No, uh, no, not this time. No. Uh, uh, no. Is, that, is that Oolite or is that Oolite? 
<laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Is it ooh light or oh light? I think it's it's two O's, so I'm going to say ooh. Ooh. Ooh light. Ooh light. And ooh light is made out of fossilized shell and coral, right? Right. So, that, so that's why no, it's, it's coral. I think that's why it's called coral. Well, castle. no, it's, it's it's like it's limestone that has some fossilized shells and corals in oh. it, but it's mostly but it's mostly actually sedimentary. It just, okay, so sedimentary it's basically stone. limestone. Yeah. Thanks for crushing my dreams. Sorry. Uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, as, as as we're looking around, like I said, these things are really big, and you know, we're looking at these stones. The walls mm-hmm. they're about three foot thick. Mm-hmm. They're eight foot high, and each section's about seven foot. Across, so uh-huh. these are big slabs of stone yeah, that yeah. Ed was quarrying right here on the site. And there's no seams. I mean, there's you can't see light yeah, through very those tight seams. seams. Yeah, yeah. everything no, is no mortaring or anything like that. Yeah, yep, it's oh. it's very tight. We've got over here. We've got some rocking chairs, giant mm. stone rocking chairs, which actually rock. I want to sit in one of those. Can I? I? Bet it. Yeah. Awesome. Don't break it. Don't oh, get your it's foot underneath it. What's crazy about these rocking chairs is they are so well done that they actually rock. So their center of gravity works. It's not like a big heavy thing that just sits, mm-hmm. which is pretty amazing when you I think know. one guy carved this all by hand. It was actually, it appears that he was a pretty competent designer. He mm-hmm. did some, I mean, the door, the door, for example, we'll get to that, I know, but the door was an amazing piece of work. Well, let's talk about the door. The door yeah. is about six and a half, seven foot tall, and it's just a rotating door. It rotates on its center axis. Mm-hmm. Now, the really interesting thing is that, okay, so he had to put this thing in place. Yeah. The awesome thing is that according to the legends it was so well balanced that a child could open it with the push of a finger okay well it was really well balanced but Mm. nobody knew how he did it it wasn't until about i think about 20 years or so ago maybe 30 it was the 80s it was the 80s 80s, you're right yeah the door stopped working yeah so they had to like fix it they They had to fix it that's when they figured out how he did it they had to bring in a crane like a several ton crane that Uh you know could pick up several tons at a time and then what they figured out is he had an axle with a giant truck bearing in the center Mm -hmm. of it yeah and that's how the whole thing rotated yeah and the the bearing had rusted out over the years yep so yeah when they fixed it it didn't work as well and then it broke again years yeah. later, and they fixed it again, and, and now it, it, it works even again. worse. Yeah, yeah, it broke again not that long after, you know, considering that, that it lasted so long after he put it in place. Yeah. By mysterious means. Well, he, it's, you know, more proof that they just don't make them like they used to. <laughs> no, they don't. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but yeah, I, my hat's off to the guy. Yeah. Uh, and he was kind of wacko, but... Well, he, he did crazy you know. things. I mean, he, he did these these giant stone circles and globes that are supposed to be the planets. He's got phases of the moon with a moon pool with a star co- carved in the middle of the pool. Uh, there's tables and chairs that have shrubs growing in the middle of the table table uh, it's it's all it's it's on a giant scale but yeah. it, uh-huh. and it's a little weird there's yeah. some but it's stuff pretty freaking cool you know it's actually aligned with the stars right yeah Is the obelisk that's aligned with the north star the obelisk, mm-hmm. that, that obelisk over there yeah that oh, one okay. yeah. Ah. Yeah. And you'll see there's little wires going through the center. There used to be wires going through the center of the hole, and that's how you could... Well, there are right now, because we're in 1951 or You're whatever. right. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> uh, well, there's wires in the middle of it, and that's how you could tell you could catch the North Star to know that you were aligned correctly. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just really, really crazy. Mm. I'm gonna go it, check. Is, it is since, amazing. Since the door is still working, though, I'm going to go see if I can actually push it open with one finger. 
Uh, it takes a little more than one finger. Yeah. <laughs> this is a pretty heavy chunk of, chunk yeah. of rock. It's a well, but you're tons. not a child. Maybe a child could do it. Yeah, yeah. It's, probably, the, center, it's yeah. the center of gravity. Yeah. You know, yeah. Your center of gravity is too high. Yeah. That's why. That's the problem. Yep. All right. Uh, well, the, now, the great thing about the construction, by the way, I know we haven't said it yet, or we alluded to it a little bit, actually, is that Ed had built a, to- a tower for himself. It was only two stories high, but he built that on the property, and he lived in the second floor because we talked about ringing the bell twice to get him mm-hmm. to come down that's where he lived yeah. yeah and as Devin was saying earlier everything is so well made that the seams don't allow light through so he carved everything so smooth and aligned it so well that you just you don't get a breeze through it basically yeah. i heard by the way I, the the a little digression here i heard that his family in, back in latvia were actually stonemasons i did hear and that, that he I, actually worked as a mason himself i i did latvia. see the accounting of that so i think yeah. that's probably where he learned the trade yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but he obviously he perfected it oh, yeah. when he was in florida and it seems, it seems like he's it was just a Bit of an obsessive compulsive kind of guy. He might have been actually. If I was building my own castle, I don't think I would have to like you know have every scene be perfect. Uh, you know, uh, I can't even build a snow castle before I, I get bored and quit. So I, I, you've got to be just really focused. To I think it. if you're building a place that you're living, you're going to be a little more. Uh, you you're know, not going to No, I think you if you're li- if you're building a place that you're going to live in especially like in the winter even though it is florida i have been in florida in the winter it's not cold like we would say cold but you don't want to be sleeping outside yeah. um so i think you would do all you could to try and make the seals yeah but for it to for that to continue out throughout the entire campus of the coral castle is interesting to me you know it's one thing to say ah oh, his room was really well sealed well of course his room is really well sealed because like who wants scorpions and cockroaches yeah. <laughs> through that <laughs> like weird scene that. that you didn't you know whatever but to say also the walls were perfectly sealed those that is a big wall you know mm. so i think for me, that's where that comes in, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and also it should be should be noted that this uh, the construction is rock solid because even Hurricane Andrew didn't mm-hmm. do a bit of damage. It was like to this a, thing. they said it was like an almost direct hit. Yeah. Of the hurricane and nothing moved. And, nothing. Yep. And again, these are several ton stones, but obviously well laid. And he yeah. he built it all. Uh, it's a it's a style of masonry or stone masonry. It's called Cyclopean masonry. And that's where you don't actually use any mortar. So most of us know, you know, you have a brick house and it's got mortar between all the stones. Mm -hmm. This has no mortar. There's no nothing. It's literally just the weight of the stones so well fitted together Uh that it it holds it all together. This is what some of the ancient walls that you see Mm. that are historical were built using that style. This is starting to uh, get into my ancient aliens liking. I know. Well, and in in Peru, the Incas had that same sort of thing. You don't see any evidence of mortar at all but yeah. mm-hmm. the and they were perfectly square yep oh they did some well there were some that were mm. that weren't exactly square but they still they fit together so well, well. these guys yeah. that's true yeah well, here's one other odd thing um that about it is ed didn't actually call this place coral castle he called it black gate weird it wasn't until after he died the property sold uh, somebody in the family inherited it, and he, I think the guy lived in Michigan, and he didn't want it. Yeah, he sold it to somebody And so he sold Illinois. it to somebody else who, it sounds like, didn't even realize that this stuff was on the property when they bought it. Yeah. And then they realized it could be a tourist attraction, and then they changed the name to Coral Castle. Mm-hmm. It's actually on the Registry of Historic Places, but it's under the original name of Blackgate Park. Oh, I thought it's... it was changed in 2011. 
the the registry portion yeah. uh well you know it might have been i i had a hard i was really trying to track yeah. where and why the name got changed and again it was like really dicey to yeah. figure out why they did it and how they did it but i know on their uh on the official website they say it's still listed as blackgate oh, okay yeah. well so yeah. now they might uh, they might not have updated their stuff. They also say that uh, he was engaged to Agnes Scoffs. Hmm. So well, maybe they're not uh, too worried about it. They yeah. haven't been as meticulous about like finding out about the history of this place as we've been. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I gotta say, for somebody that, that that was a nice little windfall for somebody to be able to like just sort of luck into that place because yeah. I imagine you can make some money off a tourist oh, attraction yeah. like this. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well, I think that's enough about. Ed, and it's yeah. probably enough to start off with of kind of getting an idea of what Coral Castle looks like. Yeah. Giant, several tons stones. Of course, pictures on the website. Yep, we'll have well, at least or one just, or two. you know, Google yeah, it. Yeah, and Google it. There's tons of images on Google. If but... we're going to talk about theories, do we need to, like, uh, squeeze back into the Wayback Machine and go back to 2014? Oh, yeah, we're there. Oh, okay. We're there. <laughs> we're back. Okay. Woo-hoo. Oh, okay. That was easy. Oh, so... We weren't really in Florida in the 1950s? No, we were. And but you while you two were talking, oh. and you were eating your snacks, I you transported just... us back? Okay. Yeah. Oh, All right. we time machined there, but transported back. Got yes. it. Okay. Yep. Got it. Yep. Right, we're cool. mixing. We're okay, mixing. that's fine. All right. Uh, so, I mean, we talked about the fact that Ed was a little guy. Yeah. yeah. And... The stone that Coral Castle is built out of, they say that it is 1,100 tons mm-hmm. of stone yep. that he erected, that he carved. A lot of big so slabs of rock. That, well, that's, a, that's a lot of rock for one little guy. Some of it, they said, was quarried like right out the back of his property, mm-hmm. right? I don't remember which property. If it was it the was the new property. One. Second property. Yeah, the that new might property. Have been, I wonder if that's why uh, that must have played a factor in his reasoning to buy the new place. Be at a place where you could I can imagine it would. Yeah, that must have been a big factor. So I guess, you know, that's a little bit of a, a side note to add yeah. to the understanding of this whole thing. And I think we talked a little bit about Ed was very secretive and he didn't tell people how he had, uh, how he built all this stuff. People uh-huh. would always ask him and this will, uh, this will go right into our first theory. Uh, which is that Ed discovered the secret of the Egyptians, mm-hmm. the ancient Egyptians, by the way. He so you, said. That's what he think, said. said. Yeah. Do you think Ed maybe had a Wayback Machine, too? <sighs> Man, did everybody have one of these? Not everybody. I swear, the, the guy that I bought this from said it was one of a kind. Nah. Well, nah. I also played was 20 bucks a, for it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was kind of weird. Uh, kind of a goofy guy. guy. Yeah. Well, Ed said so. that he had discovered the secrets of the pyramids. Uh-huh. And that's all he would ever tell people when they would ask him how he was uh, was doing it. Again, he, he wouldn't give out a lot of information, but the only thing he would say besides the secrets of the pyramids was that he understood the laws of weight and leverage well. Yeah. Now, did that's he just like... write a pamphlet to that effect? Or... Yeah, he did, but, but still didn't explain exactly. Exactly how he used weight and leverage. Yeah, he he kind of he kind of kept it under his hat a little. Right. Bit. Well, I yeah. would. Yeah, because yeah, you know, if I discover a secret, I'm not going to tell anybody. Right. Yeah. Just use is. it for myself. Yeah. But there does happen to be a guy who's alive right now today who has figured a bunch of this stuff out. Mr. Wally Wallington. Wally, Wally Wallington. Yeah. 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 Who yeah. Do a fortuitously Google. lives in Michigan. Flint, mm-hmm. Michigan. Which it turns out that both Devin and I have uh, relatives living in. Yeah, and I guess, weren't we earlier saying that we thought that this guy's family was maybe in Michigan? 
Uh, yeah, I, I believe it was Michigan was where the, the distant relative who well, inherited yeah. the property was. There you go. Yeah, there's always a, there's always a Michigan connection. <laughs> uh, but, uh, oh, yeah, man. but uh, anyway, um, yeah, so Wally, and, and just if any of you want to do a quick Google on Wally Wallington YouTube, and you can, you can watch some videos of this guy moving around massive, massive chunks of concrete all 21,000 pound stones. Really yeah. interesting. He moves a barn at one point. Yeah. Like yeah. an actual barn. Huge little, without huge ma- little. Without machinery. No, he's using no. two by fours and counterweights. And some rocks. And some uh, literally Literally little yeah, rocks. pebbles, little small pebbles. Little rocks. And, stuff and like he's just that. leveraging things yep. around. And it's it's amazing to watch. Yeah, the guy's, yeah. The guy's pretty ingenious. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually we make fun of people like this on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's tongue in cheek loving. We make fun of these people. But this guy, we all kind of sat around watching the video, really ready, I think, for all of us to be like, oh, this is dumb. And we, like, got further into the video and we were like, wait. That totally makes sense. Yeah, oh, no, that totally that makes works. sense. Yeah, Wally thinks that he Man. has figured out uh, how the uh, the ancient Brits managed to put up Stonehenge. Mm-hmm. Which is... And he actually gives a visual demonstration of him, he himself, by himself, I'm putting up a massive 20,000-pound... Obelisk and standing it up into a hole in the ground. All and by yeah. he was moving a several ton block. Yeah. He said he could move it 300 feet in a day. Yeah. No, in an hour. In an hour. 300 feet. Was it an hour? Oh, oh I thought God. it was. Yeah, it was, it was an hour. 300 feet in an hour. He says it's a massive block, and he's used, using two small round stones. He can basically scrooch it back and forth over these and stones. Just pivot and, it. And just pivot it on these on these two different stones. Now we should um, go ahead and like make sure that everybody knows that at least in these videos, everything he showed when he was scooching these stones he was doing it on flat concrete yes i suppose that it would be way harder to do on like a gravel path or grass or something yeah yes but he has has that other ingenious method uh it's at the beginning of the the, of the video he built this thing out of wood that is basically so if you like take um and he had like this massive chunk of concrete that was like 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 a a rectangular Mm -hmm. chunk of concrete uh but it was square if you look at it on end and so if you take, uh, so let's, let's say that that is, uh, let's say, three feet on one side, then he basically built a structure, and it's like got these semicircles, and the distance uh, around the radius of that thing for each one of these semicircles is also three feet, same as a rock, right? And there's uh-huh. a stone that he's making. And, he, and, this, and basically this thing is a whole series of these semicircles pointing upwards. And he was just rolling that thing across that, a massive, massive chunk of, of square concrete. And he was just rolling it right across there. Yeah, yeah. It all was, by hand. It was, it was yeah. He, so, With another, a very simple push. Yeah, I know. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah. It really, it's disturbing. And yeah. I believe yeah. his, he says, I believe he said at one point, I'm going to do this without any mechanical machinery. Yeah. Is that the yeah. phrase he used? Yeah, no machinery. Yeah. And it is. It's two by fours and a couple of rocks. Yeah. Two by fours and some, and some concrete weights. Yep. And just it's, using weights and, and stuff. And it's really, yeah, and, it's really cool. And if, if Ed used that same technique, that would explain how he moved all these huge stones and how uh-huh. he l- levered them into place. Yeah. yeah. If this is this if this technique is also what the ancient Egyptians used, which currently modern science thinks that they just did it all the hard way with you know thousands slaves. and thousands of slaves yeah. and laborers dragging these things and, along and uh, yeah. logs and, and logs. logs and logs. Actually, although actually there's a, there's a more recent theory that they actually um, poured the blocks of the, of the pyramids in place. 
They actually, they actually that instead of quarrying them and dragging yeah. them for a long distance, they actually poured them in place. Poured they, concrete. They, oh, they, they actually, made them out of some kind of yeah. They made them out of basically crude a, concrete? a kind of crude concrete in place. That is one theory, and they made them on the spot, so huh. they didn't have to drag them. So they, they still had to drag them up and into place. Well, I mean, but so. here's here's the crazy thing: the pyramids they figure uh-huh. right now it took twenty years to make mm-hmm. each pyramid, uh-huh. and they say that it required a labor force of one hundred to two hundred thousand people. Yeah. If they're using these same techniques that Wally Wallington and Ed theoretically might have been using, Mm -hmm. it would have actually only taken about 5,000 men, Mm -hmm. which is a huge reduction in labor force. Yes, as Wally Wallington himself says, you know, it's it's quite possible that the ancient Brits who put up Stonehenge, that it was actually, it's quite possible it was a much, much smaller crew than anybody up to now has ever believed. I I believe we said when we were watching that video that maybe it just was one weird guy. One one. super weird dude. Yeah, exactly. What is Fred doing? He's always playing with rocks. Man. Yeah, Fred. Uh, So what other theories do we have here? Well, we've got uh, magnetic ley lines. Y'all know what magnetic ley lines are, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Oregon vortex. Yes, they're the supposed magnetic lines that run through the earth and where they cross, they have strange properties. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Oregon vortex. Exactly. I'm just going to keep saying the Oregon vortex. Yeah, the you Oregon guys have vortex. been to the Oregon vortex, right? Yes. I have of course not, you actually. Have. You I've, I've heard about it, but I've never you been. You should go. I should go. It's not that far away. It's not. Yeah. So, according to Ed, he said that he could see the magnetic properties of things because he understood the natural magnetism of everything and that he saw all these magnetic properties as beads of light. Mm-hmm. Oh, that he could actually visualize them. Uh-huh. And so he would see it and he would know where the magnetic lines were to then use those. There's there's talk that the reason that he moved Coral Castle wasn't because of a subdivision, but because he realized that there was better ley lines somewhere else, which happened to be his new property. Uh-huh. And that's why he moved everything there. Oh, so it was TB hallucinations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, and, and that that theory that that Ed moved everything that's mm-hmm. put out by uh, an author who's got the awesome name of Ray Stoner. Yeah, yeah baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, man. Yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, according to Stoner, he says that that's why is it was it was that. There's another author named B.J. Kathy. Yeah, who is. Purported to be an authority on <laughs> grid dynamics. Uh, what's grid dynamics exactly? Well, that's the, uh, I'm, I'm I'm an authority on hat wearing property dynamics. Yeah, you know how I am an authority on that because hmm. I just made it up. Okay, that's right. Well, and, and well. I'm I'm gonna read directly from this just so I can uh, explain this properly, or at least say it properly. Okay. There exists an all-encompassing global grid with direct harmonic relationship to the speed of light, gravity, magnetics, and Earth mass. All major changes of the physical state are brought about by harmonic interactions of these manifestations. The controlled manipulation of these forces would make it possible to instantaneously move mass from one point to another in space-time. 
Really? Such gobbledygook. The measurements from Coral Castle yield harmonics related to light and gravity. The distance between Coral Castle and Grid Pole A in the north dispel any doubt that the site being an ideal position to allow Ed Leedskalnan to erect the huge blocks of coral with relative ease. Measurements indicate the harmonics necessary for the manipulation of anti-gravity. Uh-huh. I, yeah, yeah. Listeners, can I get real for you with you? Yeah, I know you can't get behind gonna, this one. I'm Go gonna ahead. I'm going to turn my hat backwards. Okay. I'm going to sit in my chair backwards. Okay. I'm going to get real with you. <laughs> I just had to eat a starburst right now while Steve was reading that to not burst out into and, and, rage. And by the way, this is not product placement. <laughs> Although starbursts are delicious. No, I had to put a candy in my mouth because so I would not out burst out into rage. Just like what? What? Uh-huh. What? It's just crap, you know. What? Well, like, like just to take one, one phrase, make it possible to instantaneously move mass from one point to another in space-time. I just uh, feel like you're talking not, about wormholes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, instantaneously moving Basically. mass from one to another. Yeah, maybe wormholes. I don't know what else. Basically, guys... Ed was using wormhole technology. Uh, no! Yeah. No, then call no. it wormhole technology, not magnetic ley line technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and besides, I, that's the shortest wormhole I've ever seen. I mean, Christ. <laughs> Also, the distance between Coral Castle and Grid Pole A in the north. You mean between the North Pole and that, and where he put his thing? Because if it's a distance thing, then why aren't people all over the place? <laughs> Sorry, almost swore. Uh-huh. Why aren't people all over the place on that same line? On that same latitude. Just exactly. suddenly, like moving their stuff like magic. Uh-huh. Because really. I mean, what she's saying, right, is that, like, oh, it could have magically happened. Like, what did he just, like, think it? Mm-hmm. So what happened? Did he, like, have to use some technology to have it happen? He must have had some special talent because uh, otherwise, wouldn't anybody who pays a visit to the Coral Castle be able to grab one of those massive chunks of rock and just move it around? And actually, let's be fair. I did read a description of Ed that said that all po- all signs pointed to him being a modern geomancer. Yes, a geomancer. And, and here's, here's, okay, and we're just going to keep going on that. There's other claims that the same people who talk about this global harmonics wow. say that some people, when they walk through the gate of Coral Castle, experience a headache because they're just not used to being in that strong of a field. Okay, but uh. like that's the same thing. I'm going to talk about the Oregon Vortex for a minute. I get a headache when I'm there, too. You know why? Because everything is built on a weird keel. Like, there's a thing that's built totally opposite. There's a cabin that's built totally opposite the way that you would assume that things are. You walk into it, and things roll uphill. And, like, of course your brain is going to hurt. Yeah. Like, I was there once and a woman fainted and the woman was like, oh, get her off the magnet line. She's having a negative reaction to the magnet line. No, she was pregnant and drunk and she (laughs) passed out. Pregnant and drunk? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Great. It is Southern Oregon. Yeah, that's a good point. Whatever, but... I mean, it was just, it's there, just kind of one of those things where it's like, I can get on board with so many theories, but this one... Yeah, yeah. I, that's why I put this quote in there, because it, it, it you is... Knew it would well, no, because it, it, it does... It is a bit outlandish, and it's very hard to get behind, and there are people who are staunch believers in it. Uh, I'm not going to talk against them, but I don't buy it. Yeah. I, it's it's but, a little bit... Hinky this this me. gives me actually hope for the future, though, because I've been wondering lately about how to make more money. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's a, there really is a, an, a bottomless market for this kind of crap. There really is. 
and and so I'm thinking it's time to start writing books about supernatural phenomena. I mean, it's one yeah. thing, you know, one of the theories with the with the pyramids is this whole like ancient alien technology uh-huh. of you know they had to use this thing and it was an anti gravity force or whatever. Mm. I can. I can get on board with that way more than this magnetic ley line. Mm-hmm. Oh, in yeah. the way that it was is in proximity to the you know the North Pole. Like, a, ah, that's it's ah. that's stupid. I think that this might be the angriest we've ever managed to get you on yeah. this show. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. I'm going to have to start finding stories that involve magnetic ley lines. <laughs> Whatever I, I want to write. It's my button, apparently. No, I'm going to write the encyclopedia of magnetic ley lines. <laughs> I think, well, uh, you know, actually, I really, I really want to, I'm going to really work on this hard and try to come up with some incredible piece of just crap that's <laughs> to, to rival the magnetic ley lines. Okay. Uh, I want my, my very own piece of BS out there. I want you to write the Joe lines. an encyclopedia of magnetic ley lines so yeah. that I can write a very honest introduction, mm, swear word laden introduction, yeah. <laughs> and we'll just see where it goes. Yeah. <laughs> why don't we, before somebody's head explodes, yes. why don't we move forward? Yeah, let's to, do that. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's go to the next theory, which is actually a pretty simple one. It's basic block and tackle. Oh, yeah. so you're like alternating yes. reasonable like and unreasonable? Yes. Yeah, and there smart. are there are, by the way, there are are photographs out there of this guy mm-hmm. using uh, a great big huge tripod and block and tackle and everything to move rocks around. Yeah, uh, well, and, and that's that's the thing, is you're absolutely right, Joe, and, and let, I'll describe this for everybody, is there's, there's photos of Ed on the property, and he's got three telephone poles, and they're tw- I, I kind of tried to guess the scale, and I'm going to say they're 20, 25 foot high. About 25 yeah. feet, yeah. And he's got a cable and chain and a lever and pulleys, and he's yeah. got a stone lifted up. Yeah. So, so yeah. it seems like maybe he was using very basic technology to move them. But Steve, there's a black box on the top of those poles. Give oh. me just a second there. <laughs> Good point. Just a second there. <laughs> All right, so the, and, and my thing is is that, yes, this would allow him to raise them up. Mm-hmm. What I don't see is how that would allow him to move them horizontally very easily. I'm not saying he didn't use basic block and tackle, uh-huh. but that doesn't explain how he did everything because you looked no, it up no, and down, like, but then how do you move it left to right? Especially the 10 miles, right? <laughs> well, the well, 10 no, miles, he put them on a truck. That's all, Just yeah. kidding. Yeah, that's huh. all known, but the... Uh, uh, you know, but you can raise it up and then set it on, like, like set it on a bunch of logs, like the ancient Egyptians just rolled on logs. And, uh, yeah. You could, you could, maybe the guy had a cart, you know, with big old wheels on it. You could set this stuff on a cart and then just move it to where he needed to put I it I gotta down. be honest with you, I am bigger than he is, yeah. or was, and I could not push a stone on a cart, even, uh, that well, no, was, I, like, a couple I'd, tons. Well, but, you know, the no, thing is, now he, that he I did. think about it, yeah. he could have also, okay, let's 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 run it this way. Let's say he's he's got more than one tripod set up, mm-hmm. and he's got a cart, and he sets the other tripod up, and then using a winch system and your cart oh. that you came up with, it just... Pulls it on a cart with a winch system across the That's property. True. That That's, would make a lot of sense. Yeah, I know because uh, yeah, pushing something that size would be re- mm-hmm. much or harder pulling, than pushing your yeah. car. Yeah, yes. you'd have to yeah. you'd have to you'd have to tie a rope to it and have a winch so and, yeah. and pull block it and that way. Or yeah, something like that. And, and but it's entirely feasible. Yeah, right? no, and it makes sense. Uh, and I was I was looking at it because there's these couple of photos of him with this this block and tackle system, mm-hmm. but. 
there's not a lot of reports of people who lived in the area seeing this tripod setup all the time. The stories nobody says, oh yeah, we always saw that, you know, Ed with his silly tripod of, of wood erected. Mm. Well, I, I looked into the census. I was like, well, there's got to be a bunch of people it was around pretty, it here. It a pretty uh, empty area back in that It was, that time, because right? when he moved there, uh, let's see, in the 1920 census, in that city, there were 1,300 people. And by the time he died around 1950, there was 4,500 people. And oh, he was man. and he was out in the Thule's, right? He, he wasn't. He wasn't he was on, on the main drag. Yeah, no. he was in out in. The, I don't know if you want to call it the suburbs, but he was. He was out on the in edge a rural of town. area. And the 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 area that he lived in, uh, this town was 15 miles across, so it wasn't a big town. So we're talking at its peak in 1950 of 4,500. That's 400 people per square mile, and you know they're going to be concentrated in mostly one area yeah Yeah, and he owned how much of that land did he own it was Um, a good chunk wasn't it i you know that was one of the hard parts is that it never says how much area he actually owned i couldn't get a handle on that nobody ever says ed bought x number of acres or something right i guess my Mm -hmm. understanding is like he owns the part that the coral castle proper is on right but he also owned a part where he was coring rock behind it well, hopefully, mm-hmm. yeah. and some property property large enough that somebody could say like oh i didn't even know that there was a thing on there yeah i mean obviously not huge mm-hmm. but i think the sense that i got was that it was you know it's got to be bigger acres. than the, the the castle property yeah absolutely mm, i would guess and we'll step back now to uh, what you brought up which is the black box yeah in the photo yeah. where in that you see of ed with this stone lifted just a little bit off the ground there's this funny square black looking box at the top of his tripod it's like balanced on the top uh-huh. it looks kind of balanced and there's he's he's nailed what uh, uh two buys or some kind of yeah. boards on it to make a ladder to go up to the top and some of our uh, more far-flung friends have said that he had some kind of device in there that he had to get to so that that and that allowed him to easily lift and move the block so he was keeping that hidden from people mm. I, I, for a guy who's so private I don't even understand why he let somebody on the property to take a picture of him while he was working yeah that's a big question to me right that he seemed to have been so private he would like stop working if mm-hmm. people would see him they would tell him or he wouldn't tell them how he was doing things but there's these pictures of him actively working on a tripod well, there's only two or three yeah, yeah but, but I, I i've heard stories too that you know it might be that this whole idea that he was super secretive and everything was just a little bit of part of the mythology of the whole thing oh, yeah. yeah and that he actually you know didn't actually wasn't that upset if people wanted to show up and hang out and watch him do his do his thing yeah and yeah, and, and, yeah. and that that could very well be i mean it's it's hard to say i i don't know for sure mm-hmm. so that's block and tackle yeah, let's and block let's, and tackle. I, let's, I let's let's go on to our next reasonable. one. Yeah. Our next one is uh, well, Devin, are, are you going to be okay with this? It's anti gravity. Are you anti gravity? <laughs> <laughs> I'm freaking pro gravity. I am so pro gravity. Do you realize? I mean, you know, if we didn't have gravity, we'd be like in space right now, <laughs> suffocating. We'd be like floating around nowhere. Yeah, dude. No, uh, yeah, I think. I mean, just explain it a little more. Okay. But I think I'm going to be less angry about this one okay. than All I right. was the other. So, uh, well, we talked about Ed wrote pamphlets, and he believed he had a better understanding of science than modern science did, and he he was really into how electricity and electromagnetism worked. That was kind of his thing. When was Tesla yeah. around? 
Uh, Tesla was like, wasn't he late 19th century? Yeah. yeah. Late 19th century? Yeah, he was the same time as Edison. So, so. he could have been kind of reading about that. Yeah, stuff. he okay. could have been reading about I just feel like there was a period of time where people were really into this stuff. Uh huh. And, and that's this right. kind of seems to correlate a little bit with that. And I think Ed might have been on the tail end of that yeah. and he, he really latched onto it. Yeah. yeah and one, one of the things that was interesting about that period, too, is that actually a lot of the, the advances and discoveries were just by tinkerers and people like mm-hmm. that and, and mm-hmm. just lone inventors. It really was. It, it wasn't this thing where we had this massive General Electric's, you know, laboratories coming up with stuff. It's just guys working in their in their barns, Bored. coming up with amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it it's really was. Cool. And and this is this is this is going to be a little bit hard to explain. So I'm going to try and break this into just real simple basics, please, for how this anti gravity magnetism stuff that people think Ed had figured out on how to move things. Okay, because I think mm. I read was this in one of the links. Oh, this is yeah. This is this and is, I tried to read it. It's very hard to and understand. And just couldn't the one with all of the videos. Uh huh. It's, it's very spirals. hard yeah. to understand. Nothing. Uh, yeah. No. It's it, it's really difficult. So. This is this is the easy way to think about it. Yeah. You can change, according to Ed, you could change the internal magnetism of an object. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna step back. Yeah, we're gonna say that the planet, the core of our planet, has a positive charge, and everything on the outside of the planet has a negative charge. So. It, with magnets, positives and negative yeah. opposites attract, so they pull together, and that's what creates our gravity. Okay. Very simplified. Sure. Mm-hmm. So then, according to this theory, what you could do is if you could flip the magnetic polarity of an object yeah. from negative uh, to positive... That it would just float. It would repel from the, the center of the Earth. That makes sense. And yeah. it would lift, and the more that you, re- you, that you flip, so yeah. it gets more and more on the positive, the higher and higher it would float, and it would flip around. Right. There's, there's a bit of a problem with that theory, though. Okay. Um, and that is that uh, magnetism and gravity are entirely separate forces. Okay, but this this is Ed. This is Ed. This is Ed. I, I understand that yeah. magnetism <laughs> yeah. and gravity are two different things, but I'm yeah. making this very simple yeah. okay. just to try and uh, explain how his magnetism theory worked. But that's the basics of it, is everything mm. has a polarity, and if you can flip its polarity, it's going to start repelling against everything, and that would allow it to essentially float, mm-hmm. and you could push it around like a hover pad. What so, is... There's two problems with that theory. Number one is that is that magnetism affects... Ferrous minerals, not and and limestone is non-ferrous. Number one, number two, you know, yeah, we all have have played around with magnets, mm-hmm. you know, and so you know what happens, like say if you got a magnet and you put the two north ends of the magnets together, they tend to repel each other, right? And then they'll flip on you. Well, well, that's exactly it. Yeah, you let one of them go and it just snaps around and and then smacks into the other magnet real hard. Pinches your finger. Right. So I think that's what would have happened to good old uh, good old Ed. You know? <laughs> just, what, just you know, two ton stone yeah, would have flipped around and crushed Yeah, him. <laughs> seven ton stone just goes whoop like that. And <laughs> it just smashes him. I guess I can kind of see the whole magnetism thing if we're thinking of magnetism like what holds atoms together almost, right? Mm-hmm. But magnetism is not what holds Well, but atoms it, that's together. not the correct term for it, right? But that there's there's a force and if you and it's a got a opposite polar force right yeah, i may, yeah. maybe i'm making that up but that if you were going to reverse the like integral polarity, the polarity. Yeah. of yeah. a thing i think that not only would it not levitate and this is my total basic understanding of sand but like if you if you're going to reverse the polarity of that thing isn't that thing going to cease to exist 
like you're reversing the polarity of all of the atoms that are that thing. So what's mm -hmm. holding it together? Any there's nothing really holding it together anymore. Is that a thing? Mm. Well, Am I making that up? I would I wouldn't stress about that because there's no way you can do that. Okay. But I mean, it's like, but but that's so it's, no, it's a move. But I mean, but, but like like particles disintegrator beam. Yeah, like like particles. Right, that's exactly it. Right, is yeah. that like you get the gun, the 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 antihero in all of the like comics gets the gun. It's the like the anti gravity gun, and he can't use it because really what it is is it disintegrates a person. Because it reverses the polarity of every atom in and that body, and they blow apart. And they I, just disintegrate. I would really like to have one of those too. By the way, <laughs> anyway, uh, in traffic, yeah, it would but, be but, awesome. Yeah, but but yeah, magnetic polarity. I mean, I mean, you know, in atoms, there's particles that have positive and negative and neutral charges, but that has that's nothing to do with magnetic polarity. All right, that's and this yeah. is this is all based on his writings, and I guess and his doing. loony writings. Well, but I, I a little bit want to think about it in terms of, like, the 1930s and 40s. And into the 50s, yeah. Right, when he was writing it. Because uh -uh. we've made some pretty significant advances in our understanding of things like that oh, since well, then, haven't things, we? Yeah, I think so, but... Uh, well, let's, let's, let's get off of the... Uh, the let's, let's back up a little bit. You don't want to debate the theories of magnetism. I, I, I do not want to get into any more of that, but what I do want to point out, this is, this is something that people who believe that he was making this anti-gravity beam is they say that Ed was using a perpetual motion device mm -hmm. and oh. that's how he was able to, to change the polarity of things and make them float. And they also said that he had a machine that would run a charge into the property to help him do this. And he does have a very crude electromagnetic crank in, in the building of mm. the, the castle that he built. Yeah, was, was, it, it had generate two, electricity. It could generate electricity. It had a copper coil and all that, which is the coil's gone. All the, all the guts of it are basically gone anymore. But they there was evidently two lights on the property, and people say, well, if he was using that, it would only work as long as Ed was there to turn the crank, which defeats the purpose of having lights. So maybe he had some way to keep it going, which would maybe be this perpetual motion device, or maybe he he was then capturing the energy. I mean, there's a lot but of isn't kind of there a kooky? He could theories. have actually just kidnapped people and held them prisoner and made them turn the crank. Is, wasn't there? Isn't there a way to store that perpetual motion? A battery. Kind of, yeah. I mean, he like, would build up an electrical if you're charge. Doing like a like a hand crank radio, you know uh -huh, how uh -huh. they used to do it. You wouldn't have to they crank have it like constantly. They have usually the devices like that have a capacitor, which is right. kind of like a battery, mm -hmm. and yeah. holds a charge. You know, and it, can, and, it, and it can discharge the charge much faster than a battery. So can. He, he would maybe had something. So he like probably that had up. a capacitor or maybe battery or something. Right. Like that. And so maybe yeah. he was cranking it up, charging up this He'd device, and then for, going you know, using it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, we don't know exactly what the thing did because, like I said. The guts are gone. Yeah. yeah, they were gone. But yeah, yeah. So, but I anyway, I would have removed them before I went to the hospital. But oh. yeah, anyway. Now, I mean, I and apparently somebody somebody nipped in there and stole the perpetual motion machine too. Yeah, the, damn the, it, this I want perpetual one of those motion too. device nobody's ever seen. I, I, you know, I think that somebody's having a little fun with us at this point. <laughs> they're, they're larding, they're larding on the hoaxes one on the other so so thickly that you know they're obviously just they're pulling a joke, insulting our intelligence here. Perpetual well, motion machine, come on, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's I mean, a theoretical thing. It I is mean, very I theoretical. actually no, I, I actually think there's a strong, there's stronger evidence for the existence of the chupacabra <laughs> than there is for, perpetu for, for perpetual motion machines. Uh, okay, yeah. okay, let's let's keep going. Oh, let's let's, let's move ahead. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you remember I said that Ed worked at night. 
Yeah. Yep. Because that way nobody could see him. There's a story out there from a, a group of high school students at the time, and they they said that one time they went out there and they saw Ed singing to the stones, and he was pushing them around, and they were floating like they were hydrogen-filled balloons. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. I'm sorry. No, the first half of that was really the part that got me. Singing to the stones? Yeah. 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 Evidently, he had a great singing voice. I don't know. <laughs> it rocked. So he was charming. <laughs> he was charming the stones. Yeah. Well, people have pointed out, you know, it was probably a couple of kids who got busted for being out after mm. curfew and made up this crazy story so the cops wouldn't get after him for that. Maybe go look at, try to divert attention from themselves. Sure. But then I also heard a really good idea of why Ed worked at night. Because it's hot. Because he lived in Southern Florida, yeah. and it's super hot in the day. And yeah. remember back at, back in those days, they didn't have that that magical stuff called sunscreen or air conditioning. Yeah, and so yeah, I can see why. Well, he lived in a stone house. He didn't have air conditioning either way. But uh, yeah, having lived in Southern Florida in part of the summer. Hot. It's hot as heel yeah, uh-huh. in there. Yeah. And it's not only hot, it's muggy. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of places you, you can kind of understand what hot is. It's a dry heat. But until it's, you know, just sopping wet air, it should rain, but it can't. And all of that water is the super humidity. hot. Yeah. Too. Yeah. You don't really know what heat is. Yeah, That's I know. All. No, I've been yeah. I've been to like I was in Kansas City in July one it's time. It's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. It was super muggy and just 100 degrees out. Yeah. And you hell. just felt like oh, you were yeah. gonna melt oh, into a puddle God, on the sidewalk. Was, you kind of wanted to. It was, and every yeah. every place had icy cold air conditioning. So I'd walk into a shop, whatever. It's like, ooh, and, <sighs> and I'm like, yeah, it's so great. But then you walk back out, and it's like getting slapped in the face with a wet hot yeah. towel. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> It's not pleasant. It's like a real life sauna. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's not pleasant. No. Nope. Not pleasant at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the last thing that I've got here for us is what I refer to as the number set. Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. Okay. If, when you look at the photos of the property, there's pictures of Ed standing next to uh, an area where he has engraved in the rocks when he was born, when he moved the property, all this, you know, kind of biographical stuff. Mm -hmm. But when you go into the second floor of the castle, the part where he lived in, on the side of one of the stones, there is a set of numbers etched in, and they are 7129, there's a line break, 610- Five one nine five. Phone number. Okay, it's not a phone number. People say that. Oh well, Ed must have figured out something. And this is if we can just understand it. This this is totally a reference to the prime meridian numbers. It's the time code. Once we get it, we'll totally get it. Well, what's the prime meridian? Isn't it just the the meridian line, the the longitude? Yeah, it's it's line. latitude and longitude essentially. Yeah, but... so that would be wrong. So yeah, that, that's that not. It doesn't even make. It's nonsensical because a, that, a, it'd be, yeah. have to be between one and three hundred and sixty degrees. That would make sense. Well, I mean, it could be degrees, minutes, and seconds. Also. Yeah, I guess it could. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, you know. But I think there's a simpler answer for what these are. What's that? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's that's I, actually I, what I, I looked into. I, you know, I mean, I think that he probably 
put serial numbers on all of his blocks of stone. <laughs> he had a barcode etched yeah. into him. We just can't see yeah. him now. So you could just scan it. Yeah. No, uh, actually, the, the, the stuff that I've come across does have the simpler answer, which yeah. is that is his immigrant ID number. Mm-hmm. Immigrant and alien ID number. Yes. And, and I, I actually, I did dig around for a while trying to find out. You can find out it's a... I, I think it's an eight-digit number now is what ID numbers are, the the immigrant alien ID numbers. Well, we've got a lot more immigrants these days than we used to. Well, actually, we do, uh, you know, the thing is back in that, that was at the time when he came to the States, which is around 1918, where we were having the great European influx. Uh-huh. So there was tons of people pouring through Ellis Island, and I was doing a bunch of looking, trying to find out how many digits were in those ID numbers, and... I, I couldn't find it. I it's just it's one of those historical things where I think it's probably in a picture, not in text form, and so mm-hmm. I kept pouring through all these tags and not finding it. But people say, you know what? That's his immigrant ID number because it was not an uncommon practice for people to say, uh, I'm going to etch this into my doorway so people know that's me and this is where I live. Yeah, mm-hmm. which yeah. really makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. The thing that I saw was that it was the alien ID number and the immigrant ID number. So the alien ID was the first one. Oh. So it was his ID number that he was given when he first like came before he was granted any kind of citizen so status. He was an alien. And then his immigrant status was mm. the and, second one. And that would make sense why they're eight digits now. So that, that would make seven digits. Seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, um, that makes a lot of sense. Alien, so. obviously, I feel like I shouldn't have to say this, but I'm gonna... From another country, not another world. world. You don't mean you don't mean people who like. You, you know. know how I love my Martian theories. I know, but yeah. this guy—he was an I, alien. He was little, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he was a little brown. <laughs> he was a little dude. He was so a little dude with a really been. big head. <laughs> No, he looked pretty human in all the pictures yeah. I saw. Yeah, he, he looked, looks he looks pretty normal. He just looked normal. like a small human. He looks really he looks Latvian, and you know, the uh, yeah. no, actually, I had no idea what Latvian. Looked like, <laughs> but, but he looks European, like a, a normal small human being. And of course, people back in those days, you know, there was a lot more malnutrition floating around in those days. And yeah, so uh, people tended to be a bit smaller. What's yeah. the what's her name? Winchester. The woman who built the Winchester home. Yeah. Oh, in, in California? California? Yeah. She was like four nine. Yeah, she was right. an itty bitty. If you girl. go, I went to her house one time. And did you go to the Winchester house? I did. I you went know, to the I Winchester was, house. I, it's so frustrating because I, I was actually, that's in like San Jose, yep. right? I was actually there one time. This is a while back, and uh, and I just didn't have time. I even saw signs saying mm-hmm. Winchester House this yeah. way. You know, it's I, really I, I fun. Was so frustrated. I she actually look at it. built staircases that really that went weren't... to nowhere. I know. Well, no, she yeah. built staircases. They're like normal people staircases, and then like her staircases because mm-hmm. she was so little that she just wanted to have her own little like. I went <laughs> up one, and I was like hunched over, like trying to go up these tiny little stairs because she just like wanted all these little stairs but i mean you know she was kind of a contemporary of that age that's a that's a thing people mm-hmm. were smaller yes they were i think that's that's we where were. you were going exactly to when we went down that <laughs> sorry the I sure, hole and actually, kind of expanded i'm sure you notice this like you know in travels to europe you know i see mm-hmm. i've seen very very old buildings and the doorways we got I, have to, I have to 
stuck, and yeah. I am normal height. Yeah, I see, I've seen yeah a lot of really ancient buildings where the churches yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, you yeah. got a duck. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. like five and a half feet is how high the door is. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Great for me. Yeah, building codes were a little different back in those days. They didn't have them. They didn't have them for number one. Yeah, there were two people but, were all five feet tall. Yeah, this is very true. Uh, well, uh, anyway, yeah, so, that, so uh, that's that's kind of the that's that's what we know about Coral Castle. Yeah, and those and are so, the the main the main theories on how people think Ed made the place. Yeah, I think and I, th- I think it's fair to say, I think for our listeners again, uh, do, a, do a Google on Wally Wallington. Look at some of his techniques and uh, you know, I, I think that there's a, a very easy explainable explanation for this. I don't think supernatural things, anti-gravity or magnetic whatever is, is to account, really accounts for any of this. Yeah? Yeah, that's what I think. What do you guys think? So you don't even have to ask the question because Joe's just answering it already. Yeah, okay, okay, sorry. I think... You know I, so you think the magnetic ley lines, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, she likes those magnetic <laughs> ley lines. I think ancient alien technology should not be counted out. No, I think... Yeah. Uh, I think that probably this whole this is so frustrating to say, but I kind of agree with Joe. I wa- you know, we all watched that video together, and it was just kind of like, oh crap, like yeah. Yeah. man, ugh, you're taking away all my fun theories with reason and actual science. Uh, no, what are you doing? Although, actually, this just occurs to me. I don't know if any of you guys have played Half Life Two. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Half Life Two, there's this one special th- thing that you get, and it's not exactly a weapon. I forget what they call it, but you can use it to pick up just anything. You can pick up a car with it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's that. Maybe this guy, you know, actually like, <laughs> you know, got this this special tool that featured in Half Life too. Okay, I thought I'd throw that. Why out. don't we just say that he was pregnant and was having crazy mom strength? Oh, uh, that could be it. <laughs> trying to protect his children. <laughs> I like that one. I like that one a lot. I feel like that's just as reasonable. Crazy mom strength. Okay, I'm gonna go with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I personally, I think that it is probably a combination. Oh. I think that it is a combination of the standard block and tackle uh-huh. and then some very rudimentary version of the... Uh, the, 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 th- the Prime Meridian. No. The Prime Directive. <laughs> the, the stuff that Wallington was doing. I, yeah. I don't know that he maybe took it as far, but I think that he was doing something basic. You got to remember, this is not a huge place. Yeah. I'm guessing that there, I mean, the walls, I know, must have taken him a long time because there's a lot of walls. But yeah. the things that he built, I think, you know, he worked on it for 30 years. Yeah. And there's a couple dozen structures or objects that he's arranged and put together aside from the walls. So this, this stuff that Wallington did, he could move it around really fast. Yeah. But I don't think that he necessarily was moving it that fast. And I think that he was probably working in bits and pieces. Well, Wallington Carve the chair, also move that. Much larger than Ed. He's a yeah, he's a beefy guy. He was yeah, he is he is a bigger guy than Ed was. Be honest. Yeah. It would have taken me much longer yep. to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that he's probably doing things in some combination using leverage, but then using a wench or something like that. Sure. I, uh-huh. I really that's that's the direction that I think that he must have done. I don't yeah. think that he used the magnetic ley lines so. though. I still uh-huh. don't have a good explanation for that box on the top of that. Whatever the tripod is, though. You want to know what I think that is? What do you think it is? I think that he nailed the the, the 
poles to the box, and that's what kept him from flying apart. Oh. He, um... It's a teepee, and he just drops the box. Okay, you got you got three sticks, and you lean them up against each other, and they uh-huh. make that kind of little inverted teepee at the top. Yeah, and then you drop the box over them, and the box keeps them from shearing sideways. Yeah, yeah, drop a couple of nails, and then the things don't pull apart. Yeah, I think it's I... as simple as that. Uh, it could be as simple as uh, the box was like something that was manufactured that actually um, held the, held the, held the, the, the poles there. They were actually essentially hinged all together. Yeah. yeah. So imagine if, if he's got this thing and he wants to move it over five feet, right? So he could pick up one of these things, move it over, and then pick up the other ones and move them over, and he could do it kind of like that, as long as he's got this thing where they're all held together and hinged And so the they top. have a certain bit of leverage, but yeah. not too much? Yeah, yeah, so they can't go too far one way or the other, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that might have been I think that they were just there to hold around. the top together. Yeah, that could have been it, too. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I yeah, that makes sense, okay. I guess. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm just being contradictory at this point. That's kind of what I'll I just thought you were it. doing. Yeah. All right. It's just because we made you so mad because it's ley lines. No! <laughs> okay, well, oh. ladies and gentlemen, I we... feel like ley lines is like you threatening to tickle me. <laughs> it's like that song, it's you know? Ley lines. You remember that? It's weird. Remember the song, the Clapton song? Ley lines. Da, 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 no. Da, da. You don't remember that song? No. Oh. No. Okay. No. Mm-mm. All right. No, no, no. Hand me my guitar. No. Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. Fine. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, uh, obviously enough, we're going to have the some of the links for today's story. We'll have those on the website. And you can, of course, listen to this episode. If you haven't already, you can be listening to it through the website. The website is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. If you... <laughs> I know, that came out well. Yeah. Uh, you can, of course, go ahead and listen to the shows, as always, on iTunes. When you're on iTunes, go ahead and take the time to leave us a comment and a rating. We do appreciate that. And a high rating, too, by the way. Yeah. Well, leave well, us a rating. Whatever. When, uh, if, you remember, if you forget to download a show and you know that one's come out and you want to listen to it and you're on the go, of course, you can always use Stitcher, mm. uh, any mobile device that's connected to the net. You can just stream it right there. We're on Facebook, so find us, friend us. We've got the page. We've got the group. We're always putting stuff out, so that's always fun and uh, intriguing. Mm. And, of course, if you really want to get a hold of us... Send us an email. You can send us an email. So if if you understand ley lines better than we do, Ah! please send us an email. That email address is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, with and that, before... way to, no, and one more way to get a hold of us is we actually have a secret headquarters, um, uh, secret headquarters in Congress. Uh, so <laughs> just go to the Senate office building and uh, and tie your note to a brick and throw it through the window, and it will get to us. Don't do that. <laughs> really, don't do that. Seriously, okay, do not fine. do that. Do not do that. Okay, kidding. Uh, all right. Well, uh, that's that's really all we've got on uh, on that one today. So I guess we'll uh, we'll just yeah. do some anti gravity, and we're gonna yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna fire up my anti gravity car and just <laughs> like yeah, a Jetsons yeah. car. Get out of here. Yep. Yeah. Yep, just away. Gasoline powered anti gravity car. I'm, yeah. Anyway, so long, folks. Bye. I guess. Yeah. To Lou. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah.